startup for startup. Sharing knowledge, experience and insights from one startup to another. Hi everyone, I'm Danny Luster. Thanks for joining. It wouldn't be exaggerating to say that the most crucial point in an employee's life at a company is at the very beginning, the onboarding. This phase can shape the way the employee looks at the organization, their boss, the team, and has a huge impact on their performance. Not only that, this phase also affects how long the employees will eventually stay at the company. Different companies see onboarding differently. So before diving into this topic, I want to make sure we're aligned. First, when I talk about onboarding, I mean the first three months of an employee's time at the company. The first week of this three-month period is an overview. During this week, the employee focuses on the more general, company-wide material. This part is relevant to every employee, no matter the role. This is the stage where the new joiner gets to know the company's structure, hear a little more about the product itself, meet some people from different departments, gets introduced to the IT team, and generally gets familiar with things on a macro level. Once that's finished, it's time to start the more focused onboarding, their specific team and their specific role. For this phase, every team creates a tailor-made onboarding. Our first interviewee for today knows it very well. I'm Eliana Atia, originally from Austin, Texas, and I'm the content team lead for the SEO and the brand team. Eliana is part of the content group. This group works with all of the departments in the company, helping with everything from writing official emails and blog posts to phrasing the homepage's text and copywriting. And the onboarding to this team is an experience Eliana won't forget in the foreseeable future. By talking about Eliana's onboarding, just to make it clear, I mean the onboarding to her team, not the macro onboarding that everyone goes through in their first week. My onboarding experience was fast and intense. Um, you can call it baptism by fire or like sink or swim. Um, I had joined in February of 2020. And so I got one sweet month um, of totally normal in-person work. And then COVID came and we transitioned to remote work. And obviously that impacted a ton of, you know, ways that we worked. But for me, one of the biggest was the, the company took a pretty strong pivot to kind of remote work messaging. We were building out new products in the platform. We changed, you know, our, our homepage messaging and a lot of the content strategy became, okay, people are looking for remote work tools and we definitely, you know, satisfy that need. So that quickly evolved to me writing essentially a blog post a day um, for about a month. A blog post a day. Talk about getting thrown in at the deep end. It was my onboarding boot camp and it was intense at the time for sure. Um, but to this day, almost two years later, I can see the, the positive effects of having such high intensity exposure to the brand and really having to play with it and getting so much feedback um, from, you know, my manager and everyone else. Uh, so it definitely had a positive effect in the end. Before Eliana started this crazy so-called boot camp, she went through a more standard onboarding. The first step was to meet her buddy. 
A buddy is a term that refers to the person who's there for pretty much everything the new joiner needs. The most stupid questions, the one to have lunch with, the go-to guy. Noy Gorevitz, an HRBP, the HR rep in a specific department, knows very well how important the presence of a buddy is in those early stages of joining the company. So in terms of numbers, we are talking about 40% more productively uh, with people who have buddies. And I can say that in my teams, I got feedback from uh, new employees that their body has a significant impact on their success and it helped them during their first months uh, in the company. Well, if we're talking statistics, let's add a couple more. According to research by the Brandon Hall Group, a research and analyst firm that focuses on human resources, a good onboarding experience can improve the employee's retention by 82% and their performance by 70%. Not only that, employees with good onboarding experiences more than double the chance to be extremely satisfied with their workplace, according to research by Gallup, another consulting firm. At Monday, the Buddy program really helped to improve the onboarding experience. However, the content team didn't immediately fully adopt this methodology. It was still the manager's job to deliver all the knowledge and principles to the new joiner. And the Buddy's role was more social. So that's kind of how the structure started. But as we started to scale the team so quickly, we kind of understood that for one team lead to onboard what could be two or three people in a month or two span, it just wasn't scalable. So we actually kind of flipped that. Um, and the buddy is now in charge of much more of that kind of technical onboarding of really introducing them to the day-to-day -day and, and the technicalities of how to really do the job. Because at the end of the day, that person is much more involved tactically. And the team lead is taking on those more high-level kind of, for my case, for the brand team, you know, going over what is our brand messaging and, and how to apply that and more of the kind of, yeah, team-level onboarding. Instead of being the person to have coffee with, the buddy was now also the authority figure for professional queries too. It put a lot of pressure on that position. The first is someone that is communicator, uh, someone who will encourage open communication and provide the relevant information to the new employee and introduce them to the relevant touch points. The second is the motivated, uh, it should be someone that have a positive outlook in the company, um, strong performance, someone that can uh, help and guide the new employee based on their experience and his knowledge, and the role model. So we said, OK, let's look at the people that have been here for quite some time. They seem to have a pretty solid grasp of not only the team and the structure and things like that, but also the company culture and what it would mean to be a buddy and um, looking for signs that they're inherently kind of helpful and, and looking to support other people, because that's really what you want in a buddy. The purpose of onboarding is wider than just getting to know the role in the team. It's also about understanding the company values and implementing them in the employee's everyday work. How can you take a principle, a belief, and translate it into an action the employee can actually do and practice in the onboarding? After the first week of onboarding, each employee gets their first taste of working with their team. Each team faces the challenge of delivering the company's values differently. For example, let's say you want an employee to gain a sense of ownership. 
In your company, the employee should be very proactive. As a manager, you want to create habits that will stick with your employee from the very beginning and push them towards this mentality. Shani Frankel, who leads the Design Mobile Group and the UX Research at Monday, put a lot of thought into this issue of habit creation. A simple example for this is scheduling meetings. In most cases, we want to tell you, this is the people you need to meet, this is the context, but I want you to own it. So by having them you know, schedule the meetings, that's, that's moving the ownership to them, and they're in charge of it. Everyone has their calendars um, exposed in a way to everyone. So I want them to learn that this is how you, you schedule meetings. It's something super small, but I think it shows a lot about how Monday works. They start this phase in the onboarding with the very basics. The new joiner has to schedule meetings with quite a few stakeholders and learn some essential stuff that will be useful later on in their role. The problem with this part is the lack of practical experience these meetings and similar tasks provide. More and more employers try to avoid theoretical onboarding. It's not fun for the employee, and it forces the employer to wait a while until the new joiner actually does something that has an impact. Shani tries to find value that requires more than just self-taught theoretical knowledge in every single onboarding task. Even if we have a session that is, let's say, something that is a bit more, you know, learning our competitors, that is something that this person that just joined did, and this is the most new research that's been done. So let's share with the team. Let's share what we just learned. You're presenting something. So you worked on how do you present something in Monday. And Monday has a lot of ways of how we like to presenting things right away. We want always the bottom line first. So there's so many values that are already ingrained in it. And that task has to have impact. So it doesn't have to always be something that our users see, which would be super cool. But in many different roles, it can be an impact on the team. And that's also exciting in my mind, like that you came and after three weeks, you present something to your whole team and they learn something new from someone who just joined three weeks ago. That's amazing. And that's huge impact. After setting the ground with the more soft onboarding, it's time to let the new joiner do something meaningful and practical. It's time to allow the employee to do their job and feel what the role is really like. It's time for the onboarding assignment. The onboarding assignment is a crucial stage. The purpose of this task is not just to give the employee the feeling of, yay, I'm finally doing what I came here to do. The assignment exists in order to really create an impact. In addition to building the employee's confidence and proving to the team that their new team member knows what they're doing. It's better to just get started, have it not be perfect, and improve from there. So that definitely applies also to this first task. We want to get this person integrated into the team and executing and have something that they can say like, hey, I did that. You know, that blog is live and it says my name. So there's a few things that we look at. We look at a project that's pretty straightforward in terms of execution, We wouldn't want to send a new joiner on a goose chase, you know, of we have this vague idea, go meet with XYZ person and and build out a structure. Um, It's a bit too vague. So we want something where the execution is pretty clear, the task at hand is clear. But at the same time, it's fast turnaround and high impact. It's not easy to create a great onboarding assignment 
there are a few ingredients that should come together in order to make it work well. You want to make sure that the person, once they receive the assignment, it's really, really clear what they need to do. So they're focused on doing it well, as opposed to trying to build out that project brief by themselves. Um, so I think execution should be really clear. The turnaround should be pretty fast. So you don't have them have their first assignment and you tell them, okay, we're looking for, you know, a one, two week turnaround time. And then it ends up taking four weeks because something got lost along the way and they end up feeling discouraged. So the definition of the project should be clear. The turnaround time should be pretty fast and and the impact should be high. So whether that means that, you know, this resource is really going to be used by sales or this email is really going to be sent to potentially millions of people and the reach is really there because I think it does make a difference if someone writes a blog as their first assignment and it just kind of gets dusty on the website and they don't know what it's being used for. I think it, it does impact the feeling of, of meaningfulness that they get. Shani has another thing in mind when she creates an onboarding task, the team's recognition. In my mind, when it's a good first task, the team is excited about it. The recognition he gets from the team is, is really enjoyable. And I think that many times when we have a new joiner come, we let them do something that we talk about it, that it sort of can't fail. It's something that we really wanted it to happen a long, long time. We didn't get to it. Um, and many times if you, if you follow sort of onboarding, uh, projects also have developers and also have designers, you were like, amazing. I wanted this to happen for so long. It's so fun that you did it. And then I'm like so happy because the person gets tons of recognition. It's a bit out of, you know, what everything, the everything we need to happen. Um, and also the new joiner felt like an amazing success. So how does that look in practice? Shani gave us an example for a valuable onboarding assignment. A good, accurate one that doesn't take more than a few days. It focuses on a term that designers know very well. First state. A first state is when a user comes into, uh, let's say, a screen that he doesn't have any content in. And then we basically want him to, to create something. So that first state will have a call to action. We'll make the user understand what there is there. So it sounds like a very small um, thing to implement. But if you think about it, you have to have the whole essence of what will be in that screen. What will the user need to do? So there's a lot of understanding that the designer has to have a lot of context before you can create the most precise first state. Another great example comes from Eliana, who gave a new employee this well-defined onboarding assignment. We had her working on some of the email cadences that uh, new signups receive. So it was very straightforward in terms of here are three emails, let's say. They were last written two years ago, so our messaging has changed a lot. And we want you to take our most recent messaging, apply it to these three emails, and that's the assignment. So in terms of execution, it's really straightforward, but these emails are being sent to every single person that signs up to Monday. So the impact is really, really strong. I think it really does give new joiners a sense of, I'm here to really work and I'm needed in this team. The onboarding assignment has the potential to start the employee's journey on the right track, but might equally result in sending the employee in a totally different direction. It happened to Shani. She had just welcomed a brand new designer to her group and created a wonderful task. 
She had no doubt that this task would make a dramatic difference to the product, and she couldn't wait to see the team's reaction when the new employee attempted it. There was just one tiny problem with her expectations. It was way too much, way too soon. She thought that the employee would be able to deal with the scope of the assignment, but she was wrong. Her assessment was not accurate. As a manager, it's something I failed in. I didn't give the right person the right task. And the team sort of expected something when he presented, and he didn't present in the level that the team is used to. So as a manager, the first task is also sort of me being able to help this newcomer present to the team their capabilities. And that's why it's so crucial, because it's not only, you know, building a success um, experience for this newcomer, it's also presenting him to the team and his capabilities and what he will be able to bring to the team. It's important to remember that giving a first assignment that doesn't fit the employee is not the end of the world. It's a bad experience, no doubt. But you can definitely fix it and the employee will get over it if you manage the situation wisely. I try not to make an issue out of it, right? Because in a way, it wasn't his mistake. He came and he got a task that was a bit too hard or not in his capabilities or in his scope to do. I feel that, yes, like that was my mistake as the manager and it wasn't the person's mistake. And if you think of a newcomer, anything he will get, most of the times people will say yes. It will be very hard to get real feedback from someone that just joined and wants to impress the company. And the minute that this person, you know, excelled in his uh, second task, his third task, so, you know, then the team has it in. We talked earlier about the buddy concept, we briefly mentioned the more macro side of the onboarding, and then dived into the details of the specific onboarding for the employee's team and role. While these are all fundamental things to talk about when discussing onboarding, we must remember that onboarding doesn't happen in a vacuum. It's the result of a process that starts long before the employee even joins the company. We actually have an episode dedicated to this phase. I'm talking about hiring. And you're more than welcome to listen to it. The hiring impacts the onboarding dramatically. And in some cases, it can shape and change the onboarding itself. This is the situation the content group is dealing with these days. When we're looking um, at a potential new hire, there's two kind of elements that we're looking for. One is obviously, you know, their writing skills, uh, their tone of voice, how they structure content, how they kind of put together a piece. And the second is what we like to call um, like a strategic thought partner, because here at Monday, we don't just think about the content team as, you know, editors or copywriters. We're really thought partners in the kind of marketing activity that we do. Um, it's very much expected from anyone on the content team that you join a meeting and and you're asking questions and pushing back and trying to understand, you know, the who's and the what's and the why's of any sort of content that you're working on. Um, so we're really looking for indicators of of both of those traits. And it's it's challenging, honestly, to scale a team. So we sat kind of together and we said, okay, if we're going to compromise on one of those spaces, uh, we want people with strong strategic mindset. And, you know, they need to have a certain level of content writing, of course. But I think that's that skill that, again, if you do have the resources to improve it, it's definitely improvable. But that sort of strategic mindset and curious mind and marketing focused kind of way of thinking 
um, it's much harder to teach. This challenge in hiring and scaling the content group led Eliana, alongside other managers in the group, to figure out a way to improve the new joiners' writing skills. As Eliana said, they realized that if they had to choose what to prioritize, writing or the strategic mindset she just mentioned, they'd rather go with the latter. This decision influenced the onboarding, since it became clear that the onboarding needed to include intense writing training to make up for the lack of prioritization in the recruitment. Writing training, they thought. It was a bit like Eliana's onboarding, back when COVID just started, they realized. Recently, I sat, you know, myself and the other uh, content leads about onboarding and about our rather ambitious, you know, 2022 hiring goals and how we're actually going to pull it off. And Yael actually said, Yael, the content group manager. You know, I kind of got inspired by Eliana's quote unquote boot camp. And I think we should build out a real boot camp. And so right now um, we're about to launch our content boot camp, um, which is basically going to be a reproduction of what I went through, hopefully a bit less intense. They decided to launch a boot camp as part of their onboarding process that would act as a writing playground for the new joiners. We've brought on an external consultant who's going to act as our kind of all-hands-on-deck editor. And we have um, resources, you know, videos and and resources from from the team that they've created. Uh, And they're going to write, these new joiners on the content team are going to write, I believe it's six blogs uh, their first month. And they're going to have multiple rounds of edits with this uh, external editor that we've brought on. And it's really in the hopes of kind of bridging that just content-specific gap that sometimes we can feel with new joiners. Inevitably, there's going to be a gap about brand messaging and just in general how we work at Monday Monday as a product. But we're trying to kind of, as much as possible, close that gap of, you know, what makes good content and what makes a confident and, and good content writer. And so that's that's going to be the focus. And we're really, really excited to see what happens. I'd say more than that, we're excited to get all of the feedback afterwards so we can even improve it. Um, round of new joiner after round of new joiner. Will it work? Only time will tell. The point is not if this change the content group launches will be marked as successful or not. I hope for them it is, definitely. But that's not my point. What I take from this initiative is that onboarding is dynamic, and many variables affect what changes should be made in it. The level of experience of the new joiner, the hiring process, the team's need, the growth, and endless other parameters. It should all be monitored in order to make sure that the onboarding is well-structured and up-to-date. It's not only hiring challenges and growth that should impact the onboarding, but also feedback. We have an episode just about that. If you're into improving the way you provide feedback, you better listen to it. Anyway, asking for feedback about the onboarding is essential if you want to make it better over time. For Noi, our HRBP, 
Getting feedback about the onboarding experience is an integral part of her job. We have uh, surveys in the end of every onboarding and we are asking for feedback and making changes. Um, so, if, for example, as we are scaling uh, and the product is always changing, it's kind of feedback that we got that uh, we don't have enough tools uh, to new people to uh, get to know the product. Uh, so now we are working on it and we got another feedback, for example, as we scale as a company, the new employee have so many people to meet in, a, in his first weeks and he have so many stakeholders that he needs to work with and he doesn't know who are the people. Um, so we decided to prepare a kind of org chart so we'll help people to know who are the people and who are the stakeholders he needs to work with. And it's something that will help them. Feedback is not something I want to wait for. I have a weekly with each newcomer. So let's hear them out. What are they missing? What's going well? What do they feel they've learned in the past week? So I would hope that that's something that would come up in our weekly. Um, and obviously there's things that they wouldn't feel comfortable to, to always share um, with their managers. I would hope it would come maybe spoken to the buddy. And just asking them, what are you still missing to do your job well? There's another aspect of onboarding that I avoided talking about. You see, although there's a huge effort in the hiring stage, and everyone's super mindful of hiring a person who is the perfect fit for a role, there are misfits every once in a while. Sometimes it's very surprising, and sometimes the new hire was marked from the beginning as a bet. In both scenarios, the onboarding is there to see if the new joiner seems like a good choice, and if not, to do something about it. Obviously, when someone is a newcomer, this is a very stressful conversation. So it has to be dealt very gently. But I do feel that putting things on the table can also sometimes make people understand a bit more. Oh, this is what we're talking about. This is the focus you want me to give. We also, as a manager, I think, need to make sure that we give the new employee all the tools he needs in order to succeed. If it's the meetings, if it's uh, sometime with the buddy, sometime with the manager, sometime with the team, uh, if we give him the right uh, task for the first uh, months, and again to, to set expectations with him about what we expected for and what is going to be, maybe uh, start from there. It doesn't help 100% of the time. And it's hard because someone just started a new job um, and everyone wants us to work. And they left something that, that was good for them. And they came to, you know, the promised land. And it's not, it's not what they expected. It's not what we expected. What would be amazing is to be able to find the middle ground. Um, that's not always the case. Um, we have to, as always, agree on the issue or agree on the challenge. Um, and when that not happens, that's when it gets a bit more complex. And many times I will say that if we... If we spread this out too much, then everyone is suffering. Sad, harsh truth. I don't want to end the episode on a low note, but it had to be said. However, this is not what onboarding is about. So I'd be very disappointed if the only thing you take from this episode is the part about realizing that a new joiner might not fit in. So first, if you're afraid it might happen to you, 
listen to our episode for hiring managers. It's just a few episodes down the feed. You don't need to scroll that much. And besides that, remember what really matters when dealing with the onboarding of new members to your team. Find a team member that will be there for them for every question and wonder. Think how the tasks you give create habits that you want your employee to have. Keep your finger on the pulse to make sure your onboarding is always relevant and updated. Take time to think well about your onboarding assignment. Don't hesitate to shape the onboarding according to your hiring challenges. And ask for feedback consistently from your new employee. By doing all of the above, you'll help yourself, your new employee, and your team. Meaning everyone benefits from the onboarding experience. Thank you for listening. If you like what you've just heard, hit the follow button or subscribe, however your app is calling it. You're also more than welcome to our LinkedIn group, Startup for Startup, where you'll be able to find more content and potential networking. Another place that deserves your attention is our website, startupforstartup.com. I want to thank Guy Bin Nun, our writer and senior producer, our crew also has the wonderful Adva Giscal and Daria Wertheim, who are our content editors. Leo Krengel leads the initiative. Yoav Ayalon is our opera singer. And Gal Rodity is our mix engineer, alongside Hilly Boy Mel. I'm Danny Lester. More to come, so stay tuned.